Hi, I'm Lori. And I'm Kevin, and this is No Longer Ashamed. We are survivors of childhood sexual abuse. And we're here to share with you that if you're a survivor, you don't have to be alone. Our logo is a salamander, and the reason is a fire salamander can survive a fire, and you have survived a fire. We want to help you with your journey to healing and hope. We are all survivors together, and we walk this journey together. And you are not alone. By telling our stories, we are hoping that you will have the courage to share your stories as well and find your voice. Because stories are so important, and for so long, I know that I wouldn't tell my story. But when I finally shared my story, that's when I got my freedom. And this is our journey and your journey to healing and hope. So come with us. I've been writing the last couple of days because it's been so beautiful. And I was thinking while I was writing, what is it that makes such a difference now compared to 20, 30 years ago when I was dealing with all of this? I think it was partly because I was also reflecting, we've been doing this almost three years now. And I was just thinking about that going, wow. And the main difference for me, and it's just kind of struck me, I realized I don't feel that sense of loss that I used to have so often. And that is a huge difference in how my perspective on everything. Can you say more about that? Yeah. And when I realized that, I was thinking, wow, that is what's so different from now and 20, 30 so years ago before I actually dealt with all of this. Because I haven't changed that much in some ways, but in other ways, I have changed completely, just completely. And when I was thinking about that, I was also trying to think of, well, how did how did that change? What did that? And uh, so much of it is mainly just learning. It's such a combination of effects. And it's all the things we talk about, you know, the self-talk, how we talk to ourselves, what we say about ourselves, also taking care of ourselves. And that's one of the things, you know, when I go bike riding and when I do things that make me feel better about myself and also not doing the negative things. And there's this part of me back in the day when I used to do negative things to myself myself just because it felt like I needed an excuse to feel guilty, to feel bad about myself. I needed a reason to feel like I was a loser. I was junk. I didn't deserve anything. And so I would do, you know, I'd smoke a lot of drugs or do beer, alcohol and smoke a lot of drugs or, you know, do all these stupid things in order to feel guilty about myself because, see, I am such a loser and this is what I'm doing to prove it. And it was a self-fulfilling cycle. And I don't do that anymore. And because I don't do that anymore, I'm doing things to prove that I am capable. It took me a while, but then I started realizing I can do things well. I can contribute. I can add value to my life and others' lives. I'm actually good at stuff and I'm worth being around. I'm not such a loser. So it's funny because I was thinking the feeling of loss goes away when you start building yourself up. And it's all that self-talk and it's also taking care of the lost kid, where all that loss comes from is that childhood that was was gone because when I was a child, I just didn't get to experience life as a child. Mm-hmm. 
so yeah it went from a little simple question in my head where did that loss go to realizing what caused the loss for one thing and all the different contributing factors to what helped me get past the loss because the loss didn't go away but i it doesn't crush me and that's how it felt it used to just be crushing when i would think about you know the, the pain uh, the trials i went through when i was and and also even the times when i was doing those things to cope that made me feel better but also held me back because i was smoking so much dope and doing so much alcohol and i was a loser and i wasn't very good at things and so i didn't have a reason to feel good about myself because I didn't really I was just a f up you know but then I it started changing and it was all because of my self-talk realizing it wasn't my fault I wasn't a loser I actually could do things I was good at things and I was worth being around so yeah that was that was the last couple bike rides I went on just thinking about what has changed so much for me and why that's why I wanted to do this is because things have changed. And when you think about how people do punish themselves, and we, we hear a lot about people that are cutters because they have to feel pain. They have to suffer for their sins. And when I love that you brought this up, because when we're able to turn that around where we don't have to suffer anymore for whatever we think we did or whatever part, mm -hmm. like even just being a bad person, that it's so amazing, the freedom that comes with that. And we talk a lot about the journey and how it doesn't happen overnight. But when you look back and see how far you've come, I mean, that's huge. Yeah. And it's funny because up until I started thinking about this a lot, I didn't really understand some of the things people do when they're you know, like cutters and people that burn themselves and so forth. I never felt the need to inflict punishment on myself, but I did do something as a punishment for myself. Mm -hmm. And it was harmful, actually. You know, I mean, there were times I did way too many drugs or alcohol and that wasn't good for me. But it was a lot of times to make myself be justified in feeling guilty. And and it was partly because I had this horrible guilt of feeling like there was something really wrong with me, but I didn't necessarily do anything wrong. So I would do something wrong to justify it. And I, I yeah, it, it what it takes is learning that you aren't the cause. You're the result of what happened and you need to be the cause for changing things be the cause for turning it around, be, you know, realize that you do have value. You can be productive. It's all about how you speak to yourself. Mm -hmm. And because of that self-loathing, for lack of a better word, that's why we don't do self-care, right? And yeah. also we want to give back. We want to help other people. But when we help other people, when we're not taking care of ourselves, it's not healthy. It's not good. And that's where all the codependency comes in. But when we're helping ourselves, we're doing what we need to heal. Then we help people better because we're helping them out of, not out of duty. Like some people will help and help and, and they're mad at you and they're helping you mad, mm -hmm. but they know they've got to help 
but they're mad because they're not taking care of themselves or they get burnout because they don't take care of themselves and they leave everyone high and dry. And so I don't know if you saw this online, but you know, Matthew McConaughey. Oh yeah. He did a a thing. It was called the art of living. No G the art of living. And I signed up for it because he was going to have a lot of speakers on there that I follow. And so it was amazing. And one of the things he started with, there was like 2 million people on this live Mm. event. I love Matthew McConaughey. Is he started with admit that we just admit the things because so often, like you were saying, you feel like you're a terrible person. Part of you knows you're a good person and you want to be, but then you're punishing yourself for being a terrible person. So admitting, I think I'm a terrible person, like saying it out loud. Mm. And then people were putting it in the chat and people were like, me too, me too. And and then this is what he would do after he would talk. And then he would turn around, he'd go get his drum, his little, you know, just. Oh, really? drum. And he'd be drumming and he'd just start reading the chats. drumming he was very Matthew McConaughey Uh and so that to me was so interesting to see people just kind of say where they were admit it with all these other people going me too me too and then really just letting go like there was no judgment it's like well where do you want to go and who do you want to be and one of the things that stood out to me the most was somebody I love and I follow is Marie Folio and she has Marie TV and she does all these amazing things and she worked for Tony Robbins in her early life and then she started her own thing and so she has this school I mean she's doing amazing things and she said every time my partner would say hey how are you doing I'd be I'm so overwhelmed I'm so overwhelmed and like Mm -hmm. that That's all she ever said. And she was doing these amazing things. And she'd think, oh, well, you know, in two more weeks, I won't be overwhelmed, but then two more weeks. And she said, you know, we talk about self-talk and she is the master of talking about that. And she said, all of a sudden she recognized she was speaking that overwhelm and she was speaking it into being by saying it. Mm -hmm. And so she said, it was like a ticker tape went across her eyelids and said, I don't do overwhelm. And she said, I started saying, every time I started to say I'm overwhelmed, she'd say, I don't do overwhelmed. Because if you say, I can't, like if someone offers you sugar and you're not eating sugar, if you say, I can't, you're the victim. Mm. But if you say, I don't, I don't do alcohol. I don't do sugar. I don't do, then you're the Mm. master. You Mm. know, there's something about the way you say that. And she said, within a very short amount of time, her life started to change. And, Mm. you know, although I know that it hit me really hard, because there's some things in my life still that that I say, without really thinking, like a lot of times when things will happen, I'll say, I just don't matter. Mm. And I'm not like, Oh, I don't matter. I was like, well, I just don't matter. I'm not one of the big wigs at my work or whatever. And so I started to recognize that. Mm. And so I just started to say, turn it around and say, Oh, I really matter. But this doesn't apply to me. And it's amazing when we speak different. I mean, God spoke the word and and he created the world with his voice. And if we think about that, we're creating those things we're saying. And also when we say need to, must, and should, we won't do it because it's just like, I can't. It's like our brain goes, nope, not going to do that. Or, oh, I'm a victim. But when we use powerful words, I want to, or I don't do, it begins to change actually the pathways in our brain. Mm -hmm. It was the self-speak, I think, but it began 
when I started turning around my viewpoint of myself and also I cut back on the things that I used to do that were coping, but they were also holding me back. And so when I became an electrician, all of a sudden I would get drug tests. So it's like you said, I don't, I don't do that anymore. <laughs> even though that was part of my coping it was like all of a sudden okay well I can't use that for coping and when I didn't have that crutch I also didn't have that negative view of myself because oh I'm always a loser because I'm always smoking pot because I'm not smoking pot anymore and I'm actually doing stuff that's productive and I'm good at and I got better and better at things and that's there's a when I'm out riding a bike I feel like even now after 20 some years of riding bikes I feel like every time I'm gaining a little bit just maybe you know I'm not necessarily getting great but I'm still getting somewhere I'm, I'm good at it but I'm also getting better in some ways and it, it just improves my outlook of myself to be able to do something that I like a lot and do it good just like I was able to find a job that I liked get good at it and not drag myself down with my coping yeah so finding a purpose something that you can love and excel I think mm -hmm. is so important. And then the the other thing, the way Matthew McConaughey ended this event, he started saying something and I was not tracking in my mind. I'm going, no, no. He said, he basically said, we're getting, we've got selfishness all wrong. And he read the definition of selfishness. And he said, we call it this terrible thing. And we call people selfish. But the truth is, selfish is actually a good thing. Because when you go and do and take care of yourself, so that you have more to give to others, mm -hmm. selfishness is a good thing. So if what you're doing is going to be called selfish, right? Yeah. If taking time for yourself, even if it's away from your family, to learn, to grow, to do something that feeds your soul, yeah. then it's actually a good thing. It is. And so it was just pretty profound for him to end on that. And I mean, I was saying no, because I'm like, no, that's not what selfish means. But it uh -huh. is the definition of selfishness. And the, the only difference is you're not hurting people by doing it. And when you think about not taking that time, how do we mm -hmm. act when we're not taking care of ourselves? We're mean, we're grumpy, we, we uh, get snippy with our spouse or our partner or our, our kids, yeah. you know? And the best thing that we can do is find that purpose, learn the things we need to learn, take the time to grow and be nurtured so that we have so much more to give to the people we love. Yeah. When I started, and it, I wouldn't call it selfishness, it was self-care at first, just proving that I could do things and take care of myself. And then, and it is, it does sound selfish, but if you're not taking care of yourself, you're, you're still going to be struggling. And So I, maybe I, it is selfish, but maybe selfish is actually good. Yeah. You know, when we say selfish, it's always negative. It's always a bad thing, but maybe selfish is good. <laughs> yeah. Well, taking care of yourself is. Yeah. Yeah. The taking care of not just yourself, but this, this. So for me, it's also the self that, you know, where the loss came from is the, that kid that 
lost out and so taking care of that kid and that Mm -hmm. that is it does seem like you're selfish but you you need to support and give them a chance to thrive Mm -hmm. and that's how I thrive is by taking care of myself and taking care of that inner kid that needs to do something fun or to prove I'm you know good at something and when I do that then I'm not feeling that grief that loss that crushing feeling of not having what I should have had or but isn't it interesting that we've spent a lifetime trying not to be selfish? And and I think of moms, you know, we're always letting the kid have the last the last piece of the pie or whatever. And and I think if we were to look at selfishness different and call it something good, the first thing people say is, "Oh, am I a narcissist? Like if I'm taking too much time?" Or, "Oh, you know what I mean? We want to negate it." And I think that there's been kind of a just an underlying thread, but what if we did? What if we really are selfish and we let it be okay and then when it gets negative is when then you're gone all the time you're always doing what's good for you but you're not taking care of your family so there's definitely a balance of course but that we you know that we quit looking at selfishness as such a negative thing and embrace it and do it and be that person be that being we're supposed to be when it's improving your outlook without affecting someone else. Well, but it will affect someone else if you think about it, because whenever we take time away from our family, you know, like with moms, you know what moms do, don't you? They go hide in the bathroom. Oh, really? <laughs> they go hide in the bathroom and the kids pound on the door. And so it's like, yeah, it's it's hurting the kids because they want their mom. But also, you know, do you know what I'm saying? It's like, if it, if it's hurting someone in a way that like they're dying, they're laying there bleeding and you go, oh, I need my my me time. That's that's a different thing. But see, that's narcissism. That's not you know what I mean? That would never yeah. be called selfish. That's just mean. So yeah. I think that, you know, as our, as our brain starts to wrap around it, maybe we'll give ourselves more permission to do it because I live alone. I'm not married. My kids are all grown and I still feel guilty when I go spend money and do something fun for myself. Really? Yeah. Yeah. You it's do like we're have programmed to... against it. It is. And without that change in perspective, and, and that's where the change in perspective comes from is, is actually taking care of ourselves because that means we worth being taken care of. We're worth, exactly. you know, we have that value. And until that perspective changes, we're not going to feel worth we're not going to feel value right so you so have to invest in ourselves so we feel like we're worth you know we're worth it right and so what happens when we don't take care of ourselves however we are inside so we're not taking care of ourselves so we may be tired or mad or whatever that bleeds out onto our family and mm-hmm. so we're we're hurting our families when we don't take care of ourselves and yet we think we're not being selfish there's almost this nobleness of self-sacrifice. And so the thing that, I, that I've really noticed like in clients, this one client said she had so much self-loathing and we were talking about learning to love herself and care for herself. And I said, you're not going to be able to love your family if you don't learn to love yourself. And she goes, I love them. I do everything for them. And, and she did. She did everything. In fact, they did nothing. And she did everything. She did so much everything that she was falling asleep while she was driving every time she'd get to a stop sign or a stoplight. I hate that feeling. And I said, what would it take for you to get enough sleep? And she said, there's no way I can get sleep. I have to take care of my family. 
when you look at that, but that is sort of the epitome of, and I, I'll say a lot of Christian women fall into that category. And we have so much guilt and I don't know where it comes from. I don't know if it comes from our mothers, if it comes from our church, but I, I do think there's an epidemic of people. I remember when I first became a coach and many people said to me, well, I don't think the problem is people not loving themselves enough. I think people are loving themselves too much. Mm. And I don't believe that to be true. And I think people that act like they love themselves too much probably have a lot of insecurities. Yeah, yeah. You know, and love your neighbor as yourself, you know, and there's the 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 thought, if you don't love your neighbor, you can't love yourself. But then the, the people in the other camp will say, well, you should love your neighbor as much as you love yourself because you obviously really love yourself. Uh. So I think this is an interesting topic because, you know, when you think about one out of, if you average one out of four, one out of six uh, that are abused, boys and girls, which we know it's higher because people don't tell. So you think about in every group, there's going to be, if there's 50 people there, at least 10 people are going to yeah. have extreme self-loathing. Yeah. And so good. when we come from the camp of, you should love others and quit loving yourself so much. What message is that giving people with trauma? Mm, yeah, that's, you know, and I don't know when I realized that I was doing those things to make myself feel bad. It wasn't until I stopped doing them and started turning it around. So it was after you actually told and got some help. Yeah, and realizing that that was one of the things that I did made me understand that I didn't have to do all those different ways of coping anymore. So that's, it's funny because I think a long time was spent just that cycle of hating myself and giving myself a reason to hate myself. Mm -hmm. And it's not until you take that step to stop being so negative on yourself and then you can stop all the different behaviors that make you feel so bad about it but, but isn't it interesting that it all starts with your thoughts yeah the behaviors don't stop until your thoughts start to shift uh -huh. you have to change that self-talk you have to mm -hmm. and i don't know if that's I, I don't know if that would have how i would have explained that to myself back then i'm trying to think of what would have helped me back when I was doing all those punishing things and hating myself for doing them, but doing them because I hated myself. Well, what was it that made you tell? What was the, the thing that pushed you to a point where you went and got some help? Well, yeah, literally just telling my friend that first time and then realizing because of being a survivor, I had all these things that was that were issues in my life that I never acknowledged. And then acknowledging them <laughs> and going, well, I got to do something about this because this is what's messing up my life. This is what's... And there's a point where you realize you've caught yourself in your own trap. <laughs> and the only way That's out right. is to stop blaming yourself. I think was my thing was stop blaming myself for everything. I blamed myself for everything that was, you know, going wrong in my life. And in a way, I was giving myself a reason to blame myself. But when I realized that when I stopped blaming myself for everything, that's when the self-talk changed. 
Interesting. And and again, it is a process, but I think mm-hmm. it really starts with admitting. And, you know, when we, when we don't admit, we blame, we, you know, we may not understand what happened, but we blame ourselves. We blame others because we're the victim. And then it's not until we become a survivor that we have a little bit of perspective and recognize that we have control over our life. Yeah. That although bad things happened, and I a lot of people say everything happens for a reason, and I get so furious at that because mm. you know the the one in the one in five. So you know four people will go, oh well, yeah, I had a car accident and I got a brand new car. So yeah, everything happens for a reason. The person in the room who's got trauma hears, oh God chose you to be abused. Mm-hmm. That happened for a reason. That and that's not true. And mm-hmm. if you look at the Bible, the Bible never says that. Yeah. But so again, it's taking those things and recognizing because once we get out of that victim, because we are victims until we recognize that we can heal ourselves and then we become survivors, then we can process and we can put the messages where they belong. But I think about how damaging some of these things are to people when they're in the early stages or when they haven't quite come to that place of recognizing that they were hurt as children. Mm-hmm. And until you actually start dealing with it, you spend all that time just coping. And so mm-hmm. when you do deal with it, you spend a lot of time basically suffering because of all the coping you did. Exactly. And, you know, feeling loss, that was the big thing for me, was feeling the loss and the grief over all that time I spent coping. Because, mm-hmm. you know, I did all this stuff that was just a waste of time for years mm-hmm. because I was coping. And so mm-hmm. there's this loss of that. But yeah. But that doesn't when, feel so heavy anymore. Right? No, when you actually start taking care of yourself and doing things that are good for you and also being productive, doing good things, then you don't have that loss anymore because you, you have value. You have mm-hmm. a purpose. And then it's not, I don't have that crushing feeling about what happened in the past because I'm not in the past. I'm not dealing with that anymore. Yeah, I think it really speaks to the process of getting well and that when you heal yourself, it's an act of community service because everybody Mm -hmm. around you benefits. And, you know, we think as maybe abused children, nobody wants to be around us. And so even though we marry, we have family, we still have that core back of the mind feeling of nobody wants us. So when we heal that, and then we recognize our family loves us, and then we actually want to be with them too. That's a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and become healing for everyone, mm-hmm. not just for yourself, but for whoever your family and everyone. I recently lost somebody, a family member, remote down the way, and someone who never chose to get the counseling to get the mm-hmm. help. And it was interesting because at the service, there were so many people saying beautiful things, but the family was like, Who are they talking about? That's not the person we lived with. <laughs> Really? Yeah, they they didn't have nice things to say. And I thought it's so sad because they could have got help. They could have got some counseling. They could have healed themselves. And it could have been a very different funeral mm. where the family that was closest actually could agree with the people that mm. knew her from a distance. And when I think about that, I think about all the people that are hurting and they don't even know they're behaving a certain way and that there's such freedom. And when you said, you know, you felt that loss and like a loser, you know, somebody who's listening, if you're feeling like that, if you're feeling like you don't measure up, you're not enough, uh, have you go to ACES, A-C-E-S, you look this up, right, Kevin? Mm Mm-hmm. 
adverse childhood um, experiences and just see if maybe yeah. you fall into that because then you might go, you know what? I think I'm going to get a counselor. And yeah. now, you know, I train coaches and we have a couple of coaches now that will coach people that are coming out of childhood sexual abuse. Yeah. So you can get help and, and you can get freedom and you can learn how to take care of yourself and love yourself. And it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's the only way you can actually, I mean, that gives you the freedom to give back, to share and support others is when you mm -hmm. care about yourself. Otherwise, you're doing it out of a, like a duty or like you feel like you have to prove something or, you know, you have and to... No no one wants to be the recipient of that. Like when we help people out of duty, because I was a single mom, I had plenty of people who helped me because they felt they had to. Mm -hmm. And that is not a good feeling. Yeah, you feel like I'd a rather, burden. No yeah, one wants I'd rather to they didn't give burden. me a ride. Uh -huh. And when you feel like you're doing it out of a duty, then the people that are receiving it are feeling like it they're a burden. Uh -huh. But when you can be doing it out of joy and love, and you know, because it's a gift to all of us. Uh -huh. But you don't get that until you feel that about yourself. And uh -huh. yeah, a lot of what helped me was also self-forgiveness. I mean, learning how to forgive myself for having to go through that process mm -hmm. of all the coping and all the things I did. Right. I had to realize, yeah, I didn't have any any other better options back then. That's what got me through. And even though I'm not thrilled about how I did it, it got me through. And I got to give that, that kid grace. That, yeah. Well, mm -hmm. and also it's it's thanking that thing that got you through. Thank you, alcohol. Thank you, drugs. You got me yeah. through and I'm in a different place. And we say you need to or you have to. But you know what? Nobody has to. And so many people don't. And what I want people to know is if you're listening and you're thinking for a half a second, I want some of that. It's available if you want it. You know, we can say you need to do it and you'll feel free, but you don't have to. You can live miserable. It's your choice. Mm -hmm. And that's the beautiful thing about it is you can live that way and your family will continue to suffer and you'll continue to suffer. And it's all because of your choice to not seek help. And who doesn't want to feel free? But like you said, when you were caught in that trap, you felt like you had to punish yourself. And so I'm really glad you brought that up. And I hope someone listening is thinking, that's what I'm doing. And I don't want to do it anymore. Yeah, it's not your fault. You didn't deserve it. You didn't, mm -hmm. you don't deserve to punish yourself anymore. Mm -mm. Yes, we all coped in different ways. And we all did things that we weren't happy about. But coping was part of the process. And now... It's just getting beyond coping is mm -hmm. the big step. Going from coping to actually... Living, thriving. Uh, yeah, addressing what you dealt with and learning to get beyond it. You got to address it and then you got to get past it. And mm -hmm. yeah, that's where I feel like when I was reflecting on what is the big difference in my life now that we've been doing this podcast for three years, but also why did I originally do this podcast? Because I know... Life is different for me now. And the it you know, the biggest thing is I don't feel a loss because I value who I am now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that, that's and that that's that's an option for everyone. That's hope. Mm -hmm. And that's that's why we do this. If somebody listening will go, I want that. I want freedom. And yeah. it just starts with telling your story, finding a safe person and uh 
you know, saying it. <laughs> I, I mean, how many times have we heard someone tell their story for the first time uh -huh. and they get freedom? You know, it's just, it's so incredible. And because I'm so it, glad we get to journey with people. Because when you tell your story, then it gives you the, it allows you to uh, deal with it, address the issues. And that's where it starts is when you tell your story and then you say, okay, because of this, I've got these issues. Now I want to deal with them. Yeah. Oh, light, so the light the, come on. I see what's yeah. going on, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's so good. Thank you for sharing that, Kevin. So that's it for today. We are going to have a prayer time if you want to stick with us. If not, we believe in you. We want to hear from you. We want to hear your stories. If you like this podcast, please rate and review because that's how other people can find us. And we really want to spread this message. Father, I just thank you for all your blessings, especially for your hope in our lives in that all those things that we feel terrible about, all those things we feel that count us out, that make us worthless, you still find worth in us. You still find value in us. And you want us to know that we are valued, that we have worth. And you want us to find that in ourselves, Lord. And I pray that we would continue to look for you and find your spirit in our lives so we can share that with others because that's that's what really matters in our lives is that you are a part of us. You, you care about us and you find value in us. And Lord, I just pray that we would help others to find their values and find how they can be worthy and know that they are worthy. They don't have to prove it. You have already found that worth in them, Lord. And I just pray for your blessing in their lives and that you would help them to know that they don't have to feel guilty, that they don't have to prove that they're worthless, but you will show them that they are worthy that they have purpose. In your name I pray. Father, I'm so grateful that you've provided a way off of the hamster wheel, Lord, of destruction, mm -hmm. that there is hope and there's a way. And I think about how um, the enemy wants us to punish ourselves. The enemy doesn't want us to take good care of ourselves. And Lord, that you are a God who is loving and wants good things. We hear all the time that you want, that there's abundance for us, that there is so much good for us and that you are a loving God, Lord. And if we could begin to recognize that and to be able to let go of the self-loathing and start doing some self-loving and knowing that that will bless our family and it will bless everyone around us, Lord, that it's actually a really positive, wonderful, good thing. And Lord, I just, uh, I thank you so much that you have provided this path for us to follow, that we can look to you and that we can know you walk with us through this whole journey and that there is hope and that, yes, it is a process. <laughs> and it, like Kevin says, I don't quite remember when, but it did happen. And Lord, we are both so grateful for our lives right now because we chose self-care. We chose self-healing. And I pray that, Lord, for the person listening that's really struggling, that you would just give them what they need to take that next step and get some freedom. In your son's holy name, amen. Amen.